0: there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll help you find a place to take that load off. The Chili Crew is just about to start. If you've been here before, well, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on how things work around here. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And just let me say, you came at a great time, too. We're taking a weekly walk through the Bible, one story at a time, from Genesis to Revelation. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go, here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dole. I got to go. Those youngsters better get the lid out. This crowd's ready to go. I'll be right over there. Didn't realize the restaurant would be this busy today. I'm coming, I'm coming. Welcome Order up. All right, last time we had a good time talking about Pharaoh's dream. Basically, we stopped right after... He gave this prophetic dream of seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. Well, actually, I guess it's first seven years of plenty, then seven years of famine. So this is chapter 41 in Genesis. And this is verse, we're going to start with verse 37. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? And Tom and I talked about this last time about, I don't know, is is your guys' Bible capitalized there?
1: Yeah, Spirit uh, Spirit and God is capitalized, yeah. Spirit of God.
0: Mine yes. is too. Yeah. What does that normally mean?
1: Uh, that, and for me, it means that it's in reference to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The, the form of God,
0: yeah, yeah, spirit, spirit of God, right, right. So I, I say this because the Pharaoh's a pagan king. Oh yeah. Just so we're all, we're all on the same page. Oh, yeah, here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're jumping into that already, I was thinking oh, about yeah, that oh, yeah. when we were on our way over here. I was talking to Connor and we were going over some of the stuff, and I'm like, you realize how much of a of of how many gods Pharaoh had, and then he's referencing the God.
0: Yeah, like that like Joseph's itself, God.
1: That in itself is just an amazing thought process.
0: Right. Just, right. I, mean. I just no. I just I there was a slight comment, Ooh. but I, I, it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word." Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Up to this point, how many times has Joseph been over the
1: house of?
0: Over the house
1: of? Oh, I don't know. what, Because you had the first one. It was Potiphar, the, yeah, and then he went to prison. I don't know if you consider prison. One no, it was, was. It was. No, the was last episode the yeah. of that, and then you know he ended up being over the house after that.
0: No, he was over. Was, now he's now he just came out of jail, so it it would have been three, three. Well, two times before, so this would be the third time.
1: Yeah. Over the house of, over the house of, over the house of. I
0: mean, imagine <laughs> he, he being—he
1: was, was in charge in prison too. So I mean, <laughs> he was over the house of prison.
0: <laughs> why? Why do you think, or how do you think God blessed him in these ways? this is this is kind of a side note, but why do you think, or how do you think God blessed him in these ways in his? And can I say this in his employment? I understand he was a, he was a slave. I get it, but in his employment, how did God bless this?
1: You know what I find interesting? There's scripture that says that uh, if we go after God and we worship the Lord, He will give us favor among men. And Good point. I, It says it talks about that in the scripture several times. If you if you literally just follow God, He will actually uh, set you up in in different areas so that you're successful where He needs you to be successful and he needed Joseph to be successful in order to save the people and and right there's a bigger you know, picture there's a there there was much
0: a bigger picture here huge
1: picture now Joseph could have rebelled and then God would have had to do something else by other means but he he decided to follow God but yeah favor i believe that's through the scripture it talks about if you just put God first he'll give you favor among men
0: right right and I, I was thinking the same thing. I was actually listening to this at uh, work today.
2: Susanna brought this up. Susanna, she's uh, joining us for our first recorded podcast tonight. Welcome. Welcome. But uh, she she talked about the, the parallels with Jesus. Joseph, he even told the cupbearer he wasn't even supposed to be there. He was blameless in all this. All he was doing was uh, relaying the, the, the visions and the messages that God was giving to him. And so he was sold because of it. And so he always gave all the glory to God and never had his faith waver. So he was blameless through through all of this. And he was just an innocent person that was put in these situations. He gave gl- glory to God first through every every step of the way, and I feel that that's what brought him up to to be over the areas that he was over.
0: So you're emphasizing his innocence in this in, in, the, in the whole thing. Yes. Excellent. Well, isn't that, when he was in prison, he even emphasized that heavily. He said, well, listen, guys, I don't belong here. He told this to the butler. He said, I don't, I don't, I don't belong here. I was, I'm, an, I'm a Hebrew, and I belong out here. I believe belong with my people in Canaan. They took me away. Uh, continuing on in verse uh, 42, Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot. So apparently he had two cars. Ride his second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set up, I'm sorry. So he sent him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphna and he gave him a wife, Esen Esnath, Esnath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of An. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Okay, question: What does panea mean?
1: Go come, come on! Did you know?
2: Let us have it. No, it, I'm It asking. sounds like something you would say when you have a cold. Is <laughs> that? <Zafnopanea. laughs> and you, you'd leave it in the Kleenex.
0: <laughs> any anybody? Do I do I have do I have any takers? Paneah? Nobody. Okay. Okay. So, go for it. Zaphna Panea is, in the best translation, is my provision is God, the living one, or the living God is my. Or I'm sorry, the living God provides. Like this is like the the thing it's trying to say. So I I, I just I find that interesting that that
1: Pharaoh he would changed name him his that. name. Yeah. yeah. Now what was the? I'm probably jumping ahead of you here, but go what was on. the name of the quote unquote? Uh, deity that that they found in uh, Egypt that they referenced to Joseph as. What was that thing that they said?
0: Uh, for remember? Joseph? Yeah. Okay. Well, Joseph, uh, that was actually Hymatep.
1: Hymatep. That's what it was.
0: Yes. Uh, Joseph was this demigod that showed up called Hymatep around, I believe, was, I don't know, it was like 1500 BC. When when you start, I'm sorry, I get excited about this stuff. So like imatep had very specific characteristics. Imhotep was like the god that gave them this ability of laying bricks and building and architecture, I guess you could say, or the the demigod that gave them healing. The reason we know it's Imhotep is because there was a stone that was found, like a, a carved stone. All the stone was, was a reminder to the pharaoh. The pharaoh owed these priests land. Because of the, and it specifically mentions during the seven year famine, we sold that land for food. And they said, You owe us, you owe us this back because we were promised this land back after the time of famine was over. And then Hymatep was mentioned and just all of this amazing stuff. And when you put two and two and two and two and two together, you're going to get 12. Okay. (laughs) And so like what we find out is something very interesting. And these stones, like, okay, basically Joseph was the one that was in charge of making sure that everybody survived through this. All right. So I'm going to continue on in verse 46. Joseph was 30 years old. When he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land, now in the seven year, seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them, Joseph gathered very much grain as the sands of the sea until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. Apparently they kept track of how many pounds they had. Uh, Verse 50, And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came. As as Nenath, that's his wife's name, uh, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of An. Oh, by the way, I looked this up. Do you guys know what An is?
2: Go ahead. The opposite of off.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Tom.
1: Whoa. That was deep.
0: <laughs> An I thought An was a god. It's not. No. An is a city. He was the priest in a city. And the reason why Pharaoh ended up giving him a daughter of An was because apparently the priest of An was like a a very high political figure. And so he wanted Joseph to be so he basically he wanted the Egyptians to accept Joseph because he was a foreigner and now that he's married into the family he basically hey you know we're
1: we're all together I really got to know now I'm we're going to have to research this out so if there's a priest of on there's got to be a priest of off <laughs> <laughs> That was in the south
2: <laughs> They're the angry priests They're the angry priests <laughs> They're on the dark side. <laughs> what was that, Sally? There's no mosquitoes there. On <laughs> off. No mosquitoes. Nobody oh. showed up as a big repellent. <laughs>
0: this is, is this oh, going to be like our lot episode? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> ding, we have to ding, keep the, ding, keep the ball moving, otherwise we can stay here forever. Keep going, keep we'll reading. never be able to get off this uh, topic. Tom. <laughs> keep reading, brother. Tom. We got to get on to it.
0: All right. So, okay. So verse 51, Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh for God has made me forget all my toil and my father's house and the name of the second son he called Ephraim for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of plenty, which were in the land of Egypt ended and the seven years of famine began To come, and so, uh, I'm sorry, as Joseph had said, the famine was in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt were, there was bread. Verse 55, so when all the land of Egypt was, was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph, whatever he says to you, do. And the famine was all over the land of the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold sold, to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all the countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all the lands. That's a little foreshadowing of his brothers coming up pretty soon. Yeah, but we're going to stop right there.
2: Now... For those of us that are parents, I want, to, I want to rewind back a little bit to verse 51. He was working this whole time. And, you know, for him to, to name his firstborn son Manasseh, God, made me forget all of my toil. When you see your firstborn and you, you, you hold them there, it brings life into perspective. It brings, like, everything that's happened before then, is now framed in this being that you're holding in your hands. Amen. Even for him to uh, call his second born and still give that glory to God, being a dad probably changed his outlook and made him pre- ready to see what's going to come up ahead. Absolutely. God has blessed him with this vision, and he's a hard worker, and he's he's a good steward of what he's been blessed with. But this instance, this this time here where he now has lineage he now has kids of his own that makes everything better that that shifts his train of thought so that he can be a better ruler and make better decisions going ahead
0: I, th- I think that's a good point too because actually a couple of times i believe during this story he actually said listen i don't belong in this land i don't belong in this land and now all of a sudden he has kids and he's like well god's made me fruitful here I'm, i think i could settle down
1: after <laughs> he's been here for a few years <laughs> I do find it interesting that it said, and all my father's house, like he wasn't just forgetting part of it. He was like, I'm just going to put it all behind me, family, all the, everything that they did to me. It's all, all done away. Well, is going to start anew.
0: That wasn't that his toil though. His toil was not just, I'm in a land that I don't belong in, but his toil was, I was forced out of my land by my own family. Exactly. You know, so, so I could see how he finally came to this realization and it it was it was good
3: you know these kids he he had them when he was amongst the nations right so he had them when he was living in a pagan land and um so they're very important and you know spoiler alert they 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 get welcomed in to the family by (laughs) jacob as his own let's get to the tombs I'm, i'm interested (laughs)
1: <laughs> get to the tombs. Get to, oh, get to the tombs. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So we know that just from what we've read here, Egypt was the only place that had food, right? Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give fair disclaimer here right now. If you go and try to look up Egyptian history, Egyptian history is messed up. And, and I mean that in, in the fullest way of whatever you mean, whatever you think by messed up, because... They did not keep track of history uh, chronologically, like we do today with dates and stuff. They kept track of history by king birth and death. But the sad thing is, is that many of the kings that were alive overlapped. A lot of people will say, oh yeah, we have you know Egyptian history all the way back, you know, 6,000 BC, but there's a problem with that. When you actually look into it, it's because they overlapped by several years. And all of the king, all of, all of the pharaohs did this because this, this son was born, obviously, and so they start had to start keeping track of his de- death and birth. So I'm just saying, the Egyptian calendar is messed up. But check this out. What about e- Egypt? So Egypt, when did they come to power? So I'm on Wikipedia right now. <laughs> right? Real great source, right? But <laughs> when, when you look, see, and that's, this is what I'm saying, they have about from 6,000 years ago. When you look up what they call the new kingdom. So when Egypt actually came into its full power, it was in the 18th dynasty, which was between uh, 1500 BC to about 1000 BC is when their power really started to rise. Take a shot in the dark to when Joseph talked to the Pharaoh. It was 1662 BC is when he spoke with Pharaoh During those seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, Egypt became powerful because they were the only nation that had food during these fourteen years. During those during that stretch, right? Because they prepared ahead of time. Because God, God blessed them, right? God blessed them in this way. But because of this, they didn't have the starvations. They didn't have thousands of people dying. They didn't. They didn't have any of that. And Egypt became very wealthy because of one primary thing. All the other nations came to them and sold everything they had for a little bit of food.
1: Right, and that's that's what I find is interesting is the fact that it doesn't just say Egypt uh, you know, it was just a famine in Egypt. No, it was in all the land. All those surrounding lands. All lands. Yeah, and it, that's everything surrounding the whole region. And so, yeah, every everybody was coming to them offering them "Here, take my land. Take this. Take that. Do whatever you got to yep. do. Can we just, yep. you know, eat the food? We need food. Yeah. yeah. And, and so they
0: planted grain, which was very wise because grain will last a long time. Once you dry it out and, and you put it in silos, it'll last a long time. Now, this was also the during the time of a pharaoh named Jasher, D-J-O-S-E-R. There's a step pyramid inside a treasure city, and the treasure city is called Saqqara. S A K A R R A. He had a he and this is where Jasher was buried. Okay, so a lot of people thought, oh, well, yeah, this city was for his. It was a treasure city. It was, you know, his city where where he was going to, you know, be mummified and be put in put in the tomb. And the interesting thing is, is, though, they started digging around and they found underground silos interconnected together. And I say silos because at the very bottom, there was still grain in the bottom and they found one giant silo in the center. And I think it was several silos out from there, smaller silos, and they all had tubes or holes dug out from the smaller silos to the big one in the middle. And the grain could feed through that into the big silo. So the big silo was the only one they had to ever empty. And it was all underground. So it kept cool and dry in the stone. Then they can't explain these silos at all. It eventually became his tomb. But when you look at this city, it was very, we- it was a very thick wall. And there's only two. One way in, one way out, one person at a time. So I'm, I'm just saying, this is just, it's fascinating. And by the way, you guys can find this information on ronwyatt.com. As Christians, we must understand, this is a historical book. It's a science book. It's a mathematical book. There are facts that literally exist out there in the real world. All we have to do is dig them up.
1: Yep, that's it. I love, the, I love those facts that... And that's where I love how science and the Bible actually coincide. History. History will show itself. Like in the Bible, you can find the places that the Bible talks about. You can go through the different things. It's an amazing an awesome thing to just simply look at stuff and then research it out. And, uh, and you'll find just so many little, I call them nuggets, you know, nuggets everywhere in the world that God has laid out for us to, to look at and observe and to be able to show people and go, look, this is real. This is, this is exactly as the Bible says it is. And in people, it gives us just more, uh, emphasis on, on, telling other people about the Bible and what it is and how real it is and how, how true it is, not just for the stuff that's old and old stories, not just for history, but also that it also makes a major impact on today and in our lives today because of what it is and what God has done. Now we can use it for today in our own life and apply the same things that they did then because you see what happened to those people because they followed the way God said to do it. And we can, we can also do it, you know, and right. it just makes it so awesome. I love archeology span and stuff like that. It's just so amazing. I'm, I'm with you. Sully, did you got something? Go to our back episodes where we talk about multiple different things that we're talking about right now and actually look through and figure out what we're talking about and just research for yourself and go off of what either what we say or what you find yourself in the Bible. And
3: there's finances and a couple other things that we haven't even discussed on this. And it's still actually all throughout the Bible.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
3: Um, I love little stories like this too, of Joseph because it's, or yeah, Joseph, it's this little nugget of, of what he's going to do later. You know, it's, It's, you know, it says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the honor of kings to seek it out. And we today still have, there's still, you know, Jews and um, people who deny Jesus is Messiah. But we look back at the story of Joseph and we see how, you know, Joseph was hated by his brothers, you know, they were jealous of him, they threw him into the pit, and it was, you know, the, the Pharisees and the Jews that, that threw Jesus into the pit and betrayed him, and then Joseph ascended from the pit, and he rose up to power, and and Jesus, he rose from death, you know, the deepest pit, and he rose right to the right <laughs> hand of God, where all power and dominion was given to him, and Joseph was sent ahead to prepare a place for the world. And Jesus said, you know, when he left, I'm going to prepare a to house prepare for a you. Place. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Amen. there's so much where if you are so familiar with these stories, the beginning, there's no way later you wouldn't recognize Jesus as Messiah. And he, you have to know that he comes in, in different ways, but like this way is a super important way. And you see all these parallels between what Joseph is doing now and what, Jesus is going to be doing in the Millennial Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so much. And there's a couple of verses, like, there's all this talk about the famine. They're building up the famine. And and I had these little, thinking about the verse in Amos that says, you know, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, I'll send a famine on the land, not a famine for bread or thirst or water, but if rather for hearing of the words of the Lord. And people will stagger, you know, from all over to come. So it's like, there's this story of this famine and and. Only Joseph is in possession of the bread, you know. So he is the only one that has the life, and people are going to come from all over the world to get life from him. Well,
0: in, in that, I, I'm I'm glad you went that way. What is bread a symbol as in scripture?
1: <laughs> oh, the I word of to... God. <laughs> the word of God. Perfect. Thank you. I was totally is... going there.
3: Uh, there's a there's another prophecy in Isaiah. Um, Isaiah two. That brings it to the word of God where it says, you know, it's concerning the the last days. The mountain of the the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, and will be raised above the hills, and all nations will string to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. And the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So it's like this this other you know, tying the the famine is a, it's a famine of you know nobody is hearing the word of the Lord, and then who's going to come and train the people, you know, and 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 share the word? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Amen, right? <laughs> people say like the whole Bible points to Jesus, but like literally the whole it's like you can find a prototype of Jesus in like every verse you read of the Bible, basically.
1: Absolutely, amen.
0: How about Mike?
1: Go ahead and leave us out on a, on a quick word of prayer, man. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the wonderful time that you've given us. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us this evening to think about. And thank you for sharpening us tonight. And Lord, I pray you would help uh, those that listen to understand and to want to learn more about you and, and how you've done things through history. And given us the answers to succeed in life and, and through each and every day. And thank you again so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been Justin. This has been Tom.
3: And this has been Connor. This has been Mike. This has been Susanna.
2: This has been, yeah, this has been Tully. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you later.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now listen. You don't have to go home, but you can not stay here. I'm closing up. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most of them probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you.